everybody and welcome back to Murder Moms. I'm Maggie and this is Janessa. Hello. So how have you been Janessa? Um, I've been doing okay. I am still recovering from COVID and I went to my doctor because I can't remember things and I guess that's normal. Yeah my dad is having issues too. So they don't know if and or when it will resolve itself but I have to play puzzle games on my phone now. Fun! I hate them. Oh, I like puzzle games. No, it's not like fun puzzle games. It's um, like memory games. Oh. They're complicated games that I'm struggling because I can't remember things. Oh, gotcha. It's not fun. That's less fun. Yeah. How about you? I'm fine. I was going to tell you something and I've forgotten. Mine's not COVID fog, though. Mine's (laughs) just, I have the memory of a goldfish. Yeah, that's fair. I have the appetite of a goldfish. Oh, no, that's a guppy. You know how guppies will eat until, until they, they explode? explode? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's me. All right. What you got for us? All right. So um, at the end of last episode with Ruby, I was talking about doing another British case. Uh, I changed my mind. Okay. And instead, I am going to be telling you about the unsolved murder case of Abigail Williams and Liberty German. Are those the two girls that posted a story to their Snapchat? Yes. Okay. Yeah. I, I You have my attention. I know that you know about this. Any airtime that these two can get, they deserve. So that's what we're going to do today. It's a really popular case, so a lot of you listening probably are aware. And if you're not, then buckle up. 13-year-old Abigail Williams and 14-year-old Liberty German were best of friends who attended Delphi community middle school and played softball and saxophone together and here is a picture of our two girls oh my gosh they're so precious they're so cute look at her hat yeah abigail's got like this big sun hat on like she looks like she's about to go to the races yeah it's huge i love it um she actually really reminds me of my cousin's kids because they are all super ginger and I don't know what it is about her like I feel like she could just be my cousin's kid like that's fair that she's got the same facial structure and everything like I feel like I know this this little girl like she could be an outshoot of my family yeah. and Libby looks She's got the straight blonde hair, and she looks good. She's She looks like she would have been the responsible one. Like, I don't, just something about her smirk makes me feel like she's there for the fun, but she's also, like, the mom of the group. Yeah, I you, can see that. You know what I mean? Yeah, I can see that. And they both played softball and alto sax and Libby got Abby into softball it was going to be her first year or she had just started her first year of softball but Abby's mom Anna Williams said she smiled all the time she played volleyball for the school team she'd been on the middle school team for three years and she had been knitting tiny hats for newborns at the hospital oh my god Libby was interested in science She attended classes at nearby Purdue University to try out different areas to see what what interested her most. Wow. So she's 14, like, auditing these classes. Like, 
I want to see, do I want to be a science teacher? Do I want to go into criminal justice? Like, what do I want to do? She was... Wow. Libby's folks called her uplifting, outgoing, and kind. She painted an elemental table spelling out teacher for her science teacher. That's amazing. I told you she was the responsible one. Yeah. I knew it. For her math teacher, she made a painting that said, of course I have problems. I'm a math teacher. <laughs> That's really good. She, she did slay stuff like that. Quote, she left me a note one day in my sun visor, said Becky Patty, her grandmother and legal guardian. I love you. Thank you for all you do for me and Kelsey. Kelsey's her sister. Mm -hmm. At 1.35 p.m. on Monday, February 13th, 2017, Abby and Libby were dropped off by Libby's sister Kelsey on County Road 300 North in remote Deer Creek Township, Indiana. It was unseasonably warm and the girls had the day off from school. So the two were hiking and taking pictures at the Monon High Bridge over Deer Creek. At 2.07, Libby posted a picture of Abby walking on the bridge to Snapchat. The girls were supposed to meet Libby's grandpa, Mike Patty, at 3.15 at the trail parking lot, but they failed to show up. And this, I included this picture here, uh, just that, yes, it seems weird that they're walking on a bridge, but no, it's, it's a super old one, and... It's not even, like, something weird that they had to go find. Like It's it is, just part of the trail. It's part of the trail. Yeah. yeah. You are meant to walk upon it. Mm-hmm. Calls were made to Libby's phone, but no one answered, and eventually just went straight to voicemail. Becky, her grandma, says at first they thought maybe the girls had been hurt or just lost their phone. After searching themselves, the families reported the girls missing at 5.30 p.m. to the sheriff's department. Mike, her grandpa, said, quote, they immediately came out in full force. That's good. Yeah. Most of the town joined the search, too. Uh, I looked at it, and it said the town is about 3,000 people. Wow. Quote, people were out all over the streets of Delphi, flashlights walking. Uh, Mike said that. Anna, who is Abby's mom, said, people spread out and went through each finger of that trail system. Mm -hmm. So people, there were a lot of people out there looking for these girls. Volunteers looked until midnight when the search was officially suspended. Police didn't initially suspect foul play, and Sheriff Leesenby told the news station that crews thought the girls had gotten lost on the trails and just couldn't find their way back. Figured that was probably what happened. The temperatures dropped, and some fa uh, family and friends continued to search overnight. The only real clue they had was the photo Libby had taken of Abby on the bridge and posted to Snapchat. And these are the photos. They're both photos that if you saw in the right circumstance would fit that mood. Mm -hmm. So before you know that they're missing, you just see them on a bridge and smiling and a really cool picture of the bridge and you're like, oh wow, they're, you know, they're having a good day. But after knowing what happens that they're missing it it's it, kind of sinister it is it does seem sinister i think this picture right here is the one that really sends me over the edge about my cousin because her oldest daughter has a picture where she's very similarly posed mm. like she's walking with her head down like that and wearing like the same kind of clothes because they live in ohio yeah and it just like clicks in my brain that's why they're well taken photos and i i did see quite a bit about how libby and abby were both like novice photographers and very interested in it 
And then we have a close-up of Abby. From the original Snapchat, yeah. yeah. She's got her Chuck Taylors on. I feel like I was this child at this age. Yeah. <laughs> like, out there taking my wannabe photographs and, like, really feeling into it and just hanging out with my friends in the wilderness. Like, that's 100% what I would have been doing. You did do this. I, that's what I'm saying. Like, I 100% would have been doing that. There are photos of you doing this. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I've seen them. I have them still. Except instead of train tracks, it's, like, abandoned cars. Yeah. Or, like, half-destroyed buildings or mm-hmm. the woods in Alabama. Yeah. No, yeah. you're right. I've seen them. The next day, February 14th, crews widened their search as soon as the sun came up. They wandered further from the railroad tracks and into wooded areas below the bridge and along Deer Creek. Around noon, the bodies of Libby and Abby were found about half a mile east of the Monon High Bridge. Yeah. They were found side by side at the bottom of a hill. Quote, I don't know what happened out there that day. There's a chance, an opportunity for one to break off or split or make a break for it or whatever, said Mike. I look at it, two young soldiers that stuck together, covered each other's backs, two best friends. I wouldn't leave my best friend's side, neither did they. That's getting me. I can't. Yeah. It's, um, nope. Mm -mm. I've said this before. I'm going to say it again. I'm going to say it every time. Any sort of loss of life or murder or anything like that is very sad to me. But the younger the victim, the sadder it is. Mm -hmm. Because that's just so much life that they lost. And they're so much more pure at that age. And it's just... It's very hard for me, especially, like, as cliche as it is, especially, like, now as a mother. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? It's hard to see children endure things because I naturally imagine my children and their, whoever it is, plays. Mm-hmm. And it's just, that was, uh, that was very hard to listen to. There's a reason I've tried to stay away from preteen and down-ish. Yeah. But this one, this one has stuck with me. From whenever I first heard about it. And I don't know. Uh, the stars seem to be aligning for this story to come out more. So as yeah. far as like the uh, the new reward and it being a new special on TV. And this just happening to come across my, my desk. Yeah. It seems to be a stars aligning thing. And I was like, all right, we'll go with this. Mm-hmm. So here we are. The girls were found on the back end of a private piece of property less than a mile from where they had been dropped off the day before. The property owner was not considered a suspect. No details about how they were found or their cause of death have ever been released. Is there a reason that the property owner wasn't a suspect? Because shouldn't everybody be a suspect? He he had an alibi. He wasn't even there. He was... I don't remember exactly what it said. I didn't save it in here because he wasn't a suspect. Okay. Um, but he he was not anywhere near the site or scene. Okay. He had, he had an alibi. And then also we have some other things coming up that uh, okay. kind of release him from that. As early as February 15th, Indiana State Police began circulating images of a man seen on the Monon High Bridge Trail near the scene. They're grainy and show a white man wearing blue jeans, a blue coat and hoodie, and possibly a cap. He has his hands in his pockets and is walking on the bridge with his head down toward Livy and Abby. 
A few days later, the person in the picture was named prime suspect. This is that picture. Yeah. I would say he's white or Hispanic. That's hard to tell because it's so grainy. It's super grainy. Uh, especially the time of day could have been a warmer light than mm-hmm. normal. But yeah, he's got jeans on. I don't know if those are his pockets his hands are in. It looks like a second jacket. Yeah, it looks like he's got like a hood, like they said, a hoodie and then a jacket over it. Yeah, and he's got his hands in somewhere. The hoodie, it looks like. Mm-hmm. Maybe a scarf. This story, when I read it the first time, uh, and I'm sure you have a lot more information than I did because that was just like the initial report that I had mm-hmm. gotten into, but it seemed to me like a movie plot. You know yes. what I mean? It seemed too weird yes. to be unsolved. Yes, I agree. Very odd. On February 22nd, police released an audio clip free of video where the suspect can be heard saying down the hill indicating that he forced them to walk under the bridge at the same news conference officials credited the photos and audio to libby the 14 year old had the presence of mind to secretly record the exchange with her killer on her phone which they found on her body additional evidence was retrieved from the phone but police held it back The context of the images and audio were never given. At the time, a reward of $41,000 was offered. On July 17th, police released a composite sketch of the suspect. It had been drawn from eyewitnesses to a certain hiker of the Delphi Historic Trails on February 13th. At the time, he was described as a white man between 5'6 and 5'10, weighing 180 to 220 pounds, with reddish-brown hair and an unknown eye color. In the sketch, detectives say the man's hat was changed to make his facial features more recognizable. And here is that first sketch. Yeah, so he has some facial hairs, a little goatee. But yeah, other than that, he just looks like an everyday white guy with a hoodie on. He doesn't remind me of anybody specific. Kind of George Zimmerman. He doesn't remind me of anybody specific, though. What's funny is the more that I look at this, the more he reminds me of this guy I know uh, who was has never been to Indiana. So, like, yeah. not him. But it's, it's a really well-done sketch. Mm-hmm. If you knew who it was, you would recognize them from the sketch if the witness's description was correct, because... Mm. that's always an issue. <laughs> yeah, witnesses. Yeah. Eyewitness testimony is not reliable. The audio recording is the creepiest part for me from what I know about this case because I know that there's more to that recording that they're not releasing mm-hmm. and I cannot for the life of me mm-hmm. understand why. Even if they don't release the video, they yeah. can still release more audio. Yes. Because... First of all, and I'm sure we'll play it, Mm -hmm. you can't really make it out very clearly Mm -hmm. because I'm sure it was in her pocket or something, Mm -hmm. but if you were able to hear more, you would recognize somebody's voice if you knew it, and it's just, it's creepy for me because they have more and they won't release it. It's creepy for me because- How bad does it have to be that they're not going to release it? Yeah. Yeah, she was smart enough to record it. 
I think because she knew how to get there without looking at her phone. Mm-hmm. I think that had she been able to pull her phone out and look at it, she would have called for help. Mm-hmm. But like, I don't know about your phone, but my phone, if I just double click the power thing, it brings up my camera. Does my phone do that? So that's how, that's how I get to my camera every time. Mine doesn't do that. I don't even I have a camera my, button on my I phone. Could, I could probably set mine to do that, and I just haven't. Yeah, so that's all she had to do. You're, you can do that from your pocket. And this is 2017. Yeah. So, yeah, for sure. Or if she already had it open. Yeah. Because they had been taking pictures. Because she's part of a younger generation, her phone would likely be silenced or on vibrate. So whatever command she had done wouldn't have had any beeping from the phone. Right. So, I don't know. The It's creepy for me. Go on. One question that was brought up separate from this press conference where they released this stuff was, why was he so bundled up on this warm day? Because it was unseasonably warm. In the photo of Abby, she's just got, like, a cardigan on. Um, and he's got, like, two, a hoodie, a jacket, maybe a hat. His hands are in his pockets. So, there's a theory that he worked at the nearby meat packers. That's one that I saw floating around okay. to explain why he's so bundled up. Okay. Because compared to her, and everything I saw said unseasonably warm. Yeah. If it wasn't somebody that worked at the meatpacking plant, or let's say that it is, the odds of being randomly murdered by somebody other than a serial killer mm-hmm. is extremely low. Mm-hmm. So, personally, and I'm not any sort of crime, anything, it's more likely to me that the clothing was to be deceiving, Mm -hmm. to change his body shape, Mm -hmm. to make him look thicker than he may have been, you know, he made sure to cover Mm -hmm. important features. I think that it's, it's more likely that this is some sort of serial killer, whether they be seasoned or not in that they were out there hunting mm-hmm. and they tried to make themselves as indistinguishable as possible, especially if it's that warm. You don't need a hat, a hoodie, a jacket, you know, your hands in your pocket. Yeah. If, and kids are always out in like whatever clothes because they're running around and they're warmer, but you shouldn't need three or four layers. Now, in regards to it being, in regards to it being an unseasonably warm day, I looked it up just now and it, says that while they were out it was between like 43 and 44 degrees that would have been 155 to 5 okay so these aren't southerners though no. so for <laughs> to us me, we're that's like very oh that's cold. pretty cold yeah but when i lived in virginia and north carolina when it was like 50 degrees outside i would take the girls literally to the woods and we would walk around the woods in that weather and they would wear a jacket and I would wear a jacket because we're moving and we're warm and we're in the sun. Mm -hmm. The difference in southern climate versus like northern climate doesn't just apply to the heat because we have that humidity. Our cold is different too. It did. Yeah, that's true. So up there, if I wore jeans and a jacket, like I was warm enough where it's down here that humidity sticks to your clothes. true. So I I would say that the girls were appropriately dressed for the temperature and their age, and I would say that the gentleman in the photo is overly dressed 
or the temperature and his age if he doesn't have any, like, circulation problems or something like right. that. Right. Yeah. Like, that's how I dress when it's 40 because I've lived in Florida over half my life. And, I mean, in the middle of summer, I have a space heater under my desk at work because that's who I am as a person. Yeah. On April 19th, 2019, Indiana State Police announced the case had taken a new direction. So, two years later. Mm Mm-hmm. At a press conference on April 22nd, Superintendent Doug Carter released more material. There was a short video in which the suspect, wearing blue jeans and a jacket, is seen walking along the bridge. Investigators inform the public that they think the killer is hiding in plain sight or is familiar with the Delphi area. Quote, I've walked across the high bridge myself. It's 65 to 70 feet off the river deck. It hasn't had a train on it since 1929, Carter said. The ties are starting to rot, it sways back and forth, and it's not something you can just jump on and walk straight across if you've never done it. That wasn't the first time he's been on the the high bridge, in my opinion. Watch the person's mannerisms as they walk. Do you recognize the mannerisms as being someone that you might know? End quote. That's a really good point. Mm Mm-hmm. Going back to what you were talking about with the audio recording, though, I'm going to show it to you. But the the video is very, very short. It's like three steps. Yeah. I just wish they would release a little bit more of yeah. him walking. And in that sense, they could cut audio out if all we need to focus on is him walking. Right. In case there is something that's being said that isn't something they want released out into the right. world. Carter also said that the man's walk is not natural because of the spacing between the ties and the deterioration in that area of the bridge. And I have a picture here of the bridge so you can see how how wide the spacing is. Oh, yeah. So, like, the rungs over here are a little closer. These are a little further away. Yeah, some look one inch apart and some look five inches apart. This one looks like it's got an extra gash in the middle of the yeah. plank. Like, it's it's deteriorated. yeah. And if you hadn't walked across that, you would definitely walk a little more careful. I would be walking very slow across that. Yeah. Well, and the more you frequent somewhere, the more comfortable you become there. So it's always really easy, uh, like at work, for example, for customers to know that I work there, even though I don't wear a uniform because of my body language, because of how I'm walking around. Right. You know, I've... I'd haul ass up those stairs. Guests will, like, very slowly walk, and they're not sure if they're supposed to be on the stairs and mm-hmm. all this other stuff. So just from my experience with my my work, I know for certain that people outside their comfort zone in a new place, especially on something that they're not even sure they're supposed to be yeah. on, like this old train bridge, would probably not walk as comfortably or as confidently. Yeah, it's... It's a little creepy looking, you know? Me being, you know, from where we are, if I went up to Indiana and I was like, oh, I'm going to take this trail and I came to this bridge, likely just looking at it, even if it's like, hey, yeah, you can cross this bridge, I would probably be like, I'm just going to not do that. Yeah, I wouldn't. I'm scared of heights. Um, There's no sides on that bridge. There are no sides on that bridge. (laughs) So that would be a no-go for me, boss. Yeah, he doesn't even take a whole three steps. Right before his foot hits, it cuts off. I really wish they'd give a little bit more. But yeah, like, he's got a scarf on here. He's got, like, a brown shirt. 
or or something on, and then a blue jacket over top of it. Yeah, he's very bundled up. He's got boots on. Mm-hmm. Work and boots. Some probably just regular ass jeans. Walmart jeans. Yeah. Um. He he's looking down like he's watching where he's walking. Which you would need to do on that bridge. Yeah, but I also think um, that if the girls felt the need to record him at this distance, which I would say is probably, what, 20, 30 feet away, Mm -hmm. that they obviously felt he was some sort of a threat to them. Mm -hmm. I don't think I've ever just recorded somebody walking for no reason. Yeah. Something had happened to catch their attention. Mm-hmm. And put them on edge. Mm-hmm. All right, I can't watch this anymore. I appreciate that someone stabilized this video though, yeah, because too. the other one is rough. Oh, and here, if it'll play, is a picture of the bridge, and then they put him in it. Oh wow, that yeah. was really smart. Yeah, so you can wow, <laughs> science is crazy. Yeah, you can see where he would have been on the bridge. So he's about the middle. Mm-hmm. Well, it's a pretty long bridge, so it's, it's hard to tell from perspective because, like, I don't know where this photo is taken, if it's, like, off the bridge or, like... A yeah, I guess I assumed that they would just... If I was a photographer taking the photo, I would have done it from one end of the bridge to the other to get the entire thing in frame. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, he looks to be about... Or if that's where the girls were standing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's probably where it, what, it, what it is, is that's where the girls were. Yeah. Which is, he's still a ways off, in which case. Mm-hmm. These videos will be linked, or if I can figure out how to, I'll even embed them in our... In our. Um... You know what? They could get an estimate for his height from this video, if they haven't already. I'm sure they have. Okay, I was going to say, because there's enough in this picture that they have a relative measurement oh, yeah. to apply to him. And if they know where on the bridge he was, he can, they can measure that distance, too, and... But, yeah, if I can figure out how to, I'll embed these in our newsletter. But if, if nothing else, the links for, for these videos will definitely be in the newsletter and in our show notes. Continuing to talk about this video right quick. So he's walking really quickly across that bridge, too. Yeah. So, like, we were talking about, like, he's, he's familiar with what's going on. He's looking down, but he's not slow about it. Right. And from what I've read... Abby and Libby were near the end of the trail and the bridge, which then drops away steeply down toward Deer Creek, and from which they would have to turn around and retrace their steps to the parking lot to meet Mike. Okay. After crossing the creek, the rest of the bridge is obscured on all sides by woodland, mm-hmm. and it looks like this. So the bridge just, like, disappears into trees. That's kind of cool. It Yeah. But also, like... It's obscured. Yeah, it's it is. It is very obscured, private. but from like a a weird person perspective, that looks cool. Shit. Mm-hmm. Police believe Libby realized they were in danger, like we were kind of talking about when the man approached, and she turned on her phone's camera. The angle of the video indicates that she had her phone down low, and it's believed Libby then concealed the phone in her pocket with the video camera still on. So this is all stuff that happened on the trail that day. At the press conference, there was also an updated sketch of the suspect. The new sketch shows a clean-shaven person ranging from age 18 to 40, though his, quote, youthful appearance may make him look younger than his actual age. This was actually the first sketch they had drawn up, and they ended up originally releasing the second one. Hmm. 
They believe it's the more accurate sketch, though. But the actual suspect is likely to be a mix between the sketches. This is the new one. This person looks completely different. He looks totally different. He looks much younger. He looks probably 24. He has what appears to be curly hair, short hair. His jawline is very broad. And his mouth is small and his nose, while the bridge is still a little bit wide, isn't as large and it's a little bit more upturned. Yeah. I did find a really cool thing on Reddit, though, when I was looking at stuff. I'm going to show it to you real quick. Yeah. If I, if this guy came into my bar, I would ID him. For sure. Whoa. (laughs) Someone animated him. Animated the sketch. You ready for this? Yeah. Holy cow. That just shows you how good of a drawing that was. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if you've seen, but a lot of people have been using it on historical figures, on their photos. I haven't. And it animates them to make it look like they were, they're still alive. Um, wow. And some people have been using it on their deceased relatives as well. Oh, wow. But it's like, I saw one of Harriet Tubman that was really cool. Like, you could see her move. and I don't know. It was just really cool to see them. As they would have been. Yeah. But that's a really cool thing. I think it's super helpful, too, to watch. Yeah. Because police sketches are flat. They're they're flat. The expression, though, can be what triggers the the memory or Mm -hmm. the recognition. So I think that's a super cool thing. And I'm going to share that as well. At the new press conference, they also released an extended version of the audio recording where you can hear the man say, guys, before saying, down the hill. Extended, I think, is a generous term. Term. Yeah. But it is more extended than it was before. Yeah. Although the audio sounds like it's from a different voice, Indiana State Police were clear that the extended clip was all the same person. Carter said, this is not two people speaking. Please listen to it very, very carefully. Okay. That's just the down the hill one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that um, that sounds like the same person. To be honest, the first one sounded more like attention getting, right? And the other, the second was more of a command. And that's what they think too. Is like he was saying, like guys like to get their attention, and yeah. Which is even more concerning because that tells me that he has, at some point in his life, been in charge of children. It's not fun to listen to, but it's important. Yeah. I wish they could put more out or would put more out. Mm-hmm. I think if there was a way to hear more of his intonation, maybe, that would help. The way he says hill, it sounds like there's an accent in hill. It, I'm not saying that like only the South can have accents. I'm just saying, like... If you knew this person, you would be able to recognize their accent? Yeah. It, it's de- it's not defining, necessarily, but it is a... Characteristic. Characteristic. The police also made a plea for help to identify the driver of an abandoned vehicle that was left at the former Child Services office in Delphi, near the Mona High Bridge, between noon and 5 p.m. on the day of the murders. No details about the vehicle were released, including make, model, color, or plate number. They're just like, 
there was a car. It was left here on this day at this time. We want more information. I get it. You don't want to release too much information to make it easy for somebody to lie. But also, some information is needed. Right. I I feel like in this case, they're holding too much back. Yeah. I mean, if you want information about this car, or you want help to identify the driver of this car, but, like, you're not even going to say if it's, like, a car or a truck. Yeah, I think that body style and color would be enough. You know, like Mm -hmm. a, a white pickup or a yellow van. Like, whatever. Just... You don't have to give the make and model, but right. something to go off of is, is needed for this. Yeah. Because I'm sure, I, do, I mean, I do this, so I'm sure other people do this. If I see something that I think is weird, I try and make a mental note of it. Oh, yeah, I do that, like, every day driving to work because someone is being an idiot. Oh, yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. So I'm sure that if some information was left, even one of them, a yellow vehicle. Right. Or a... Or a SUV, you know, whatever. Just something so somebody could go, oh shit, yeah, I did see something like that. Because some of us cannot remember things as easily and we need little reminders. Yeah, or like, oh yeah, my friend did used to have like this green car and I haven't seen it in a long time. Yeah. Just a crumb. Quote, we believe you are hiding in plain sight, Carter said. We likely have interviewed you or someone close to you. We know that this is about power to you, and you want to know what we know. One day you will, end quote. That sounds like an empty threat. It sounds like they're trying to outsmart somebody. Like, maybe that's what it is, is that they feel like if they give anything up, they're giving him more power because he wants to know what they know. See, I think what they're doing, I think they're right that he he does like the power because that's just a general characteristic of, of serial killers and sociopaths. But... I think that they're pretending like they know more right. to scare them. Right. But generally speaking, serial killers are very intelligent because they have to be able to get away with things. I don't see this as an actual threat. I see it more as an empty threat. Like, you know, if you don't clean your room, you're not going to get lit. You know, mm-hmm. like, if, but I don't see them actually having a excessive amount of information because if they did they would have arrested somebody by now it kind of reminds me of the threat my dad used to give my brothers um they would come home from the mall and he worked at the mall and they were teenagers and they would go to the arcade that he didn't work at and when they would come home he would sit them down and say do you want to tell me what happened or do you want to hear what i heard And my one brother caved every single time. (laughs) My dad didn't know anything. He had no idea what happened. See, I do something similar. That kind of reminds me of what's going on here. Yeah. I do something similar, but I actually have cameras. Sure. So I'll be like, all right, uh, I'm going to give you guys, you know, go ahead and get what you took. And if you put it back, then you won't be in trouble. And nine times out of ten... One of them goes to a bedroom and grabs something of mine and puts it back. It's usually things from my altar. Like, Kaya had taken the lid from my cauldron the other day. And I was like, I put it right here. I always put it in the same spot. Somebody would have had to physically move it. I don't care who took it. I just want it back. And I just, like, kind of kept eye contact with her a little bit longer. Right. And I looked at Iris and I was like, otherwise both of you are in trouble. 
And they were like, let's go get it. (laughs) (laughs) I just, you just got to put a little bit of pressure. But those are children. Right. This is an adult. Right. And even my brothers were, they were teenagers. Like. Still children. Children. So I don't, I don't know. I just, I wish there was more. Indiana State Police have interviewed hundreds of people including possible witnesses and suspects. They say that they receive tips about Abby and Libby almost every day. Every tip, over 40,000 so far, is vetted and entered into an FBI system called Pyramid. Pyramid stores information like names, descriptions, and motives and cross-references them with other tips across the country to find possible connections. The system is always working, comparing tips from Abby and Libby's case with hundreds of other cases and tips. According to the HLN podcast Down the Hill, which I found out about during research with this, they're the ones who just aired this special TV episode thing. Okay, cool. So that's why I said I don't know if it's on HLN or if it's on the Discovery ID channel. I have Discovery Plus, so I will find that if it's on there. <laughs> uh, but according to Down the Hill, one investigator revealed that the killer left, quote, strange signatures and, quote, a lot of evidence at the crime scene. Superintendent Carter said, quote, it's amazing. We have a video, we have a still photograph, we have sound, and we don't know who this person is, end quote. Which is, like, how I feel. Like, how is it that there's the stuff and we, yeah. don't, we don't know what's going on? Yeah, and that's that's what makes it so creepy to me. Yeah. In addition to them saying, you're going to find out what we know. Right. You obviously don't have the information you need. You might have a lot. You might have a video or photos or what have you, but you don't have what you need to find this person. All right. Yeah. I'm sure they know what he did, and I'm sure that that video is long and something that I hope is never released into the world in its fullness. Mm-hmm. But the most important part that allows you to identify this person is what you are missing. Yeah. I didn't write this down, but there have been a small handful of named persons of interest. Mm. I didn't write them down because they've all been either excluded or kind of like dropped to the side. Mm -hmm. Also because the police have come out and said, stop putting people's pictures up next to the the sketches. Because that's a big issue they've been having with this being online is... People are being like, oh, you know what? This kind of looks like this person and putting their pictures up next to each other for everybody to see. Yeah. Which is like super that, not cool dudes. Yeah. Don't it, do that. And it, it alters your perception too, mm-hmm. especially after an extended period of time. That's just how your brain works. Yeah, but I didn't include them. Just same reason I didn't include anything about the property owners. They... May have been suspects, but they've been dropped or yeah. cast aside, and so I'm not gonna go into that. The two girls, Libby and Abby, they would have graduated from high school this year. Oh, fuck. 2021. Oh. It makes me so sad. Oh my god. I know. It's just like it's April, and that could be what why there's been a resurgence is that it's getting close to graduation, and it's yeah, it makes you sad. Yeah, it makes me sad. I'm sorry. Homes across central Indiana have orange lights as their front porch lights in remembrance of Libby and Abby and to serve as a reminder that the case is unsolved. Funds are being raised to complete a sports complex in the girl's memory. 
the L&A Park Foundation was gifted by the state of Indiana nearly 20 acres. Wow. There was a whole article that I started to include, and I was like, this is... I don't need to include all of this, but here are some highlights. But the, the Park Foundation, they're building softball fields, an amphitheater, walking trails, and more, and it's all being done by donations and fundraising. Somebody donated a, a Harley, and they, they raffled it off for like $20,000, wow. and the folks that were doing all the paving and stuff, I don't remember their name offhand. The company that was laying like the concrete and the foundations and, and clearing the land, mm-hmm. they do road work usually. And in their like off season kind of thing, while they have time, they come in and do it and they do it for free. Wow. And the families understand that like they can only do it during like X amount of time and then they go and do road work. But still. And then they come back and do this. That's, and, wow. Yeah. And they, they have a, it's awesome. It's it's pretty cool what they're doing. And it's all donations, fundraising. Anna, who, again, Abby's mom, has said that a park is also going to be created and dedicated in Abby's memory. All right, well. And here's, you know, future site of Abby and Libby Memorial Park. It's the girls. Got your, they're babies. They're babies. They're so cute. They're, it's rough. It's yeah. super rough. Becky, Libby's grandma, said that Libby, quote, wanted to work with the FBI. She wanted to solve crimes. She wanted to help people. If anybody wants to honor her, please help solve her crime, end quote. That is so sad. And they did their best to to provide what evidence they could. Yeah. Damn. All right, cool. Cool, cool, cool. Um, and then I just, you know, have a slideshow of sad following that. Great. Oh. There's Libby. She was so happy. This is taken at a skating rink. Uh, she was so cute. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Abby's in a hammock. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I love this picture so much. Oh, this is the most kid picture ever, just in a jacket that is swallowing you up in a chair that is swallowing you up. This is Libby, and she's just like, hi, camera. Oh my gosh. Like, somebody obviously looked over and saw her and was like, what are you doing? And just, like, took a picture before she had time to react, like. Or the, either that or they were like, hey, Libby, smile. And she was like, huh. Yeah. Uh, that's them together with their goober hats. They look like such goobers. Gosh. They've got these, like, character beanies on. I, one looks like a snowman and one looks like a monkey or something. I was like, we're gonna be sad. This is so sad. I this can't. is what this is for. <laughs> oh, just Abby. Just, just her. That looks like a picture I would take of one of my kids after they did their own hair. <laughs> like, she just looks really proud for some reason that we can't see. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Like, that that's framed somewhere. That That's a photo that you would put in a locket. Yeah. That's... She's looking, like, straight at the camera. She's smiling. Like, that's that's what that is. So, this case is unsolved. 
as we said. Superintendent Carter says the case is active, it is not cold, and he has vowed to catch the killer. The reward for the information leading to the arrest of the Delphi killer is over $325,000. An anonymous donor gifted $100,000 to the reward fund in the first few days of April 2021. Y'all look at the police sketch, listen to the audio of the suspect, watch how he walks on the bridge. It's hard, it sucks, but it's needed. The links for these things are gonna be in our show notes and in our newsletter but you can also find them with a Google uh, a quick Google search. And you don't have to be in Indiana no. to do this. You might know this person. They might be in your family. You might have met them at some point. You know, obviously this is where they are, but that doesn't have to be where you are. Just go and look, share it, get it out mm-hmm. there, because even if your audience is small, there's still potential that somebody in your audience hasn't seen this information. Right. It's important. The family is just like, we really want to get it solved this year, 2021. Like they're like, we got, we got a feeling it's going to be this year. Yeah. And we were just, they, the family deserves to have this wrapped up. So if you do have any tips, uh, you can submit them through a variety of places. Uh, the first one is, an email address, it's Abby and Libby Tip, A-B-B-Y-A-N-D-L-I-B-B-Y-T-I-P, at C-A-C-O-S-H-R-F dot com. That's a website, or a, that's an email address. There's a tip line, 844-459-459. 5786. There's the Indiana State Police, 800 382 7537. There's the Carroll County Sheriff, 765 564 2413. Then the uh, FBI tip line is just 1 800 call FBI or tips.fbi.gov. They will also route them. So there's lots of ways that you can submit tips. This is a big case. And then if you wanted to donate to the Abbey and Libby Memorial Park, um, I will include these links in the show notes and in our, in our newsletter. But you, you can do that as well. Yeah, that's depressing yeah that is um one cool thing that i did uh find there is a website or an app called crime door oh yes i have looked at that to look at um the oj simpson oh yeah case i looked at the the walkway that was pretty pretty trippy i don't want to say cool but it was it was crazy too be able to look at it like that. Yeah. Uh, I watched this one for Libby and Abby, and it was interesting. Yeah. So essentially what it is is it's um, AR on your phone to allow you to move through a specific area of a crime scene. It's not the entire thing, but uh, it's probably 
anywhere between five to 30 feet, mm-hmm. you know, um, so you can do it outside or inside. It doesn't matter so long as you have enough room to move around, but it gives you more of a first person perspective to the scene and it makes everything closer to the actual size mm-hmm. so you can, you know, actually experience that and it's really helpful uh i'm sure for investigators right to be able to utilize libby's sister kelsey is quoted in this article and she's all about it she's like this is great whatever it takes to get my sister's murder solved Mm -hmm. scientifically it, it is cool yeah scientifically it's very cool it just sucks that it's a thing that exists because you know murders yeah I guess that's how we are too, you know. Yeah, that's that's scientifically true. we're cool, but it sucks that we exist because murders. Yeah. All right. Well, self burn. Uh, I'm gonna do something not so depressing, and I'm gonna make a rule for no more children. <laughs> this is too much, but um, yeah. If you have any information, send it in. Mm-hmm. Everything will be in the show notes, and then just do what you can. Thanks for listening to Murder Moms. Be sure to like us, rate, and subscribe. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Be sure to subscribe to our Patreon, where you'll get exclusives like outtakes, discount codes for merch, and bloopers. Subscribe to our newsletter to see the photos we discuss in the episode, our sources, links to merch, and other bonuses. Submit questions, comments, and corrections to murdermomspodcast at gmail.com. You can also just drop a line to say hi. Thanks again, and we'll see you in two weeks.